tea. Just a, a sip of water. Yeah, yes. Yes, yes. yes, 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 yes. That's relevant later because of tennis. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Welcome to Thanks I Love It. Hi. Where the, where the hell have we been, Hugh? Have we been trapped in a time time hole? For uh, the yeah, last, black hole. Yeah. A black hole of busyness for me. Yeah. Hugh's been busy. He has been... What have you been doing? Uh, playing at a billion weddings and doing a bit of... Touring. 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 And uh, festivals and the like. Oh, and we are desperately pleased to see it because, you know, some years have been quieter than these. Um, I myself have been uh, working through to the end of a very long academic year. It is now, we are recording this at the late end of July. And um, I have had maybe about 10 days off so far. Uh, in the block since about the middle of July and I feel really good so turns out take some time off if you're tired or just you know any sort of not optimal just take 10 days off if you you possibly can Jesus Christ yeah you've been living your best life it's been really great I've just slept for a while Mm, mm, mm. so what are we here to talk about today Hugh Uh, well we have a chat with our lovely friend Jack he's so lovely and he has an amazing voice oh so so deep such a toe yes Uh, and he's talking about web comics no he's not oh god sorry I was just thinking about the last (sighs) thing that we edited we Can you tell we're rusty? No, he's talking about graphic. He's talking about graphic novels. I'm just going to move your mic down a bit because you seem to be. (laughs) Yep. Okay. He is talking about graphic novels. Yeah, because Jack is a big fan of those. He's got lots to say about that art and literature kind Mm. of mashup format. Yeah, we learned a lot talking to him. I learned a lot and then instantly forgot it. So apologies for my uh, ignorant pronouncements about stuff in comics and web, web web. Webcomics. Graphic novels. <laughs> so you're doing it now. I am it's contagious, it now. isn't it? Okay, so blah, blah, blah. moving moving swiftly on. Um, what do we do at the start of the episode, Hugh? Oh, we do tweets. Yeah. Tweets. So today's tweet. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Hang on. Hang on. Your ears do not deceive you. It's a tweet that Hugh has selected, brought to my attention, and, you know, he's harvested a fine tweet here. Mm, It is, is, as usual, one of those derived from um, a separate source tweets, a.k.a. it's a TikTok video that's then gone viral on Twitter. Yes, exactly, yeah. So uh, the tweet that we found is by Lorena Popper, and that's at PopperLorena on Twitter. Obviously, we'll send a link to it. But it's it's basically someone on TikTok. Who is it on TikTok? Um... (laughs) it's at hi josh on uh on tiktok so uh, a couple of weeks ago we had the wimbledon final and it was the battle of the two douchebags um (laughs) got novak's jokovic douchebag and tantrum and tantrum boy um so yeah it's a bad lip reading of of nick kirigos in that final and uh, it's incredible. It's uh, <laughs> here's, here's a little sample, but obviously we'll we'll let you you know click peruse the link it, and, and, and peruse it at your own time. But Nick, what's your favourite movie? Snakes on a plane. I'm going to the toilet. Toilet, 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 toilet. toilet, toilet. That's enough of that. <laughs> right, <laughs> enough of that. Yeah. What can I fall in so, love when I've got feet? What a waste. <laughs> So, uh, you know, I mean, I think you've got to select a um, 
uh, bad lip breeding video quite carefully these days. There's been a lot of them, you know, they might be interesting, they might not be. But this one really hits because Nick Kyrgios was being... Well, you know, quite outwardly and inwardly an arsehole to to himself and everyone around him during the Wimbledon final. He was he was yelling a lot. I think that the 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 clip that got seen most times is like, bro, she's had like seven hundred drinks and um, about some woman who was apparently heckling him. But I don't think she was. I think he was just you know having a go at himself and expressing it ver- expressing it very outwardly. It's not a very. Um, uh, Southwest London thing to do, really. Um, except whenever Wimbledon what, what comes to, ha- to have seven hundred drinks. No, <laughs> to to react to people around you in that manner, you yeah. know, a bit more yeah, reserved, yeah. stiff upper lip. But um, it was. I mean, he's not someone that I ever want to. I don't know. Spend any time with. I think he's a bit of a because he's a. What, what was it? He was beating his girlfriend up or something. Those are the allegations. Those that came are the up. allegations, yeah, yeah. and yeah. I just I'm like, mm, no, too much chaos. Do not want. Um, but I think it's uh, well. Number one, he did not win that final, so mm. I can rest easy on that. Number yeah. two, he <laughs> this does not rehabilitate his image. This bad lip reading video, but it does make it a lot funnier. Yes. Yeah. 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 And uh, it, it already was. I'd say entertaining in a car crash sort of way. It was. Uh, but this has made it just you know. Uh, a good old-fashioned viral video. <laughs> Thanks, Hugh. Well, that's the format, dead and buried. Yeah, you take over. You, you take it back next time. <sighs> okay. Anyway, Nancy was struggling to find a tweet, and I was like, oh, how about this one? And you're like, okay, you go with that. Yes, yes, I was. I endorsed that message. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Han. We were also going to give a quick shout-out to... Uh, we've got some cats in our life. Some little cat, well, uh, a little cat and a giant cat. Yeah. Um, we adopted uh, Larry and Leo. LL. LL. Um, who are two tabby cats who might be brothers. They might be related. Might they be might, brunkles. Might be brunkles. They might be boyfriend and boyfriend. We don't know. Mm. Either way, they look very similar and they are best buds. Um, they look similar, but Larry is, I'd say, actually having spent twice as big yeah having spent enough time with them and to observe them together yeah Larry is twice as big as Leo doesn't always come across in the pictures that we take of them but the way that he just takes up a room is yeah, yeah oh, and we would we were being you know really patient and not adopting a cat after our beloved gem passed on last year R.A.P. gem legend um, and then I thought and I thought I might need to convince Hugh about this, but in the end, did not. I thought, you know what? We need to adopt two cats together because there are often two cats together who need rehoming and they really need each other. Yeah. And we had the good luck to know about a charity called London in this city, Kitties, a- a.k.a. Lick, mm, <laughs> which Lick is a sure. weird acronym, yep. but it works. Um, and these cats that they rehome, they could be indoor the outdoor cats, but most of the time they need to have indoor space and be safe inside. Yeah, for various reasons, yeah. And that's really great for people in the Greater London area. Yeah. Really helpful. Yeah. Um, and shout out to Toast the Cat. So Hannah's cat, when she came on to talk about dog spotting, her cat is called Toast and is a very good cat. And also found through this charity. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. that's how we found out about them. Um, and yeah, we just want to give a big shout out to the charity because they are excellent and they really don't let anybody down. They don't let any any person or feline down ever mm-hmm. um, and they probably don't have any money with which to do it and it's just volunteers who foster the cats and ferry them across London um, <laughs> so I got these boys delivered to our house um, by a very lovely chap 
um, what was it, the day of the Jubilee Bank holiday. And I was like, right, just going to sit here with my cats while they hide from me and hate me for a day after being uprooted. They took a while <laughs> to warm to us and occasionally uh, one of them will just decide to be antisocial for whatever reason. Yeah. Yeah. Hunger protest, basically, because so- we don't give them exactly the kind of, uh, you know, cat sweets that they want, aka sweet fish. Should we talk a little bit about each cat? Okay. Hugh, talk to me. So, Larry... Uh, the Big bigger, Larry. the bigger of the two cats, uh, is the most charming um, sort of geezer. I'd say I call him a geezer. <laughs> Heart of gold. Yeah, he's he's handsome without being uh, pretty. Whereas Leo is definitely the prettier of the two. Um, <laughs> he uh, well, there. <laughs> Both of the descriptions on the uh, website when we were looking to adopt them said, they are very food motivated. And boy, is he. Um, anytime I go into the kitchen to make something, he comes in and goes like, all right, anything for me? You know, he's just like ever the optimist. Um, he uh, will inhale a packet of cat food. Yep. Um, you have to really kind of make sure you, you portion things uh, and do it steadily. In the, in the exact order. There is a method. Yeah, it's yeah, like dealing he will with... Try and, he will try and take Leo's <laughs> food if you're not careful, so they have to be fed in separate rooms. Anyway, this um, isn't a tutorial for how to feed our no, cats. No, no. But, but La- Larry as well, like, the reason they are both... They both need to be kept indoors. Mm-hmm. Larry's is that he is FIV positive. And a lot of people, when I talk to them about this, go like, well, what's FIV? And it's basically a feline um, immunocompromised sort of thing. Uh, a lot in like... The age- in the HIV sort of thing. I don't think it affects cats quite as severely as HIV does humans. Well, basically, a domestic cat that has a gardener and a house and isn't, you know, feral and is neutered, probably fine. However, if you're an unneutered male cat getting into fights with other cats out and about because you're a stray cat, you are quite likely to scrap a bit and get scratched and bite people. Other cats, I mean, sorry. So so it's basically, yeah. And that's how it's transmitted. it's it's quite um it's quite a problem up in Yorkshire I think where your dad lives. It's right? weird, yeah, yeah, it's endemic. But anyway, that's Larry. Do you want to talk about Leo? Oh, little Leo. So um I always call them the wrong names um just because I'm so enthusiastic to talk to the little guys. It's like um, my mum with me and my brother. You Harry, know, you, Harry, 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 yeah, you, Harry, and then and then goes into like George. into the cats Cat. as well. Yeah, Eric. Who, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. and um. I always remember that Leo is Leo because he has three letters in his name and he has three paws. Mm. That's right. He lost a paw in his life before coming to us. Um, Both these boys were adopted. um, They were rescued by the cat charity um, really fantastically well. Uh, They were living in a lady's garden and she has since sent us pictures of them living in her garden as stray cats. And she was like, I think there's a cat in my garden. Oh, no, there's two of them because one of them's only got three feet. So, And (laughs) And uh, one of them's built like a brick. (laughs) is the Poor Seasons Hotel. In Playstow. In Playstow, yeah. <laughs> Legend. Uh, and uh, talking of accounts, we have an Instagram account for these boys. We do. He set it up. Is um Larry dot and dot Leo. Yes, on Instagram. Uh so if uh cats are your thing, um and this this whole chat hasn't bored you to tears. Um because some people, you know, not cat people, and that's fine. Get um, out. <laughs> <laughs> Stop listening to our podcast. They will. Don't yeah, worry. <laughs> but yeah, if you are interested, go and check that out. Um, they're very sweet boys. And uh, I'm learning how to TikTok as a result because I want to put music to things. And Instagram's like, yeah, sure. Do it on another platform and bring it on, will you? And I'm like, oh, for God's sake. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, <clears> that <throat> is the social media roundup. Done and dusted. Nothing else important happening in the world. Nope. 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 Let's go straight into our interview. Woohoo. Woohoo. 
Hello, and welcome to uh, the interview bit of the podcast that we have recorded at least eight times now. <sighs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> we have a guest with us right now, and his name is Jack. Hi, Jack. Hello. <laughs> and he talks like a tiny high-pitched woodland creature, don't you? I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because he doesn't. Um <laughs> and he he always got um found out in lessons at college because the English teacher called Liz would turn around and go, Jack, I know it's you with your deep booming voice talking in the background. Sorry, yes. <laughs> but um yeah, Jack, who are you? Hi. Hello. I'm Hi. very happy to be here. Yay! Um so how do we know each other, Jack? Describe. Oh, uh, English lessons uh, in A-level. Uh, Nancy was a very bad influence and uh, always made me talk. I didn't want to talk, but Nancy made me talk. <laughs> He'd never said a word before that point. Like, yeah. At college or... Yeah. 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 <laughs> and um, we are now not uh, 18. We are now... Um, so... <laughs> so time has passed. Um, but yeah, we're still good mates and you and your lovely partner Charlotte live with, Charlotte of course, um, you live with a cat, what's his name? Milo. Milo. King How's of Milo cats. Doing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, we fully plan to have a separate discussion with Charlotte at some point in the future. Um, so for now I'll just say, how's Milo? What is he doing? He is good. Um, he may have fleas. Um, he's Ew. been very scratchy. Uh, we gave gave him a flea treatment yesterday, um, and he did not like that at all. But you know, be famously, done. they they don't love that. Um, and you also did something very grown up this week in your um, you know living in a house, looking oh, after the garden. Yes, yeah. Um, tree surgeons. Uh, I'm I'm now I've hit peak adult and have paid for people to chop trees in my garden because that's the kind of guy I am. And you didn't take our friend Dom's advice to just Burn go, the tree. go ham. No. Burn no. it down. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's a very nice <laughs> Is tree. The tree okay? Salt the earth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we didn't adopt a Blitzkrieg strategy for the garden. Um, it's a very nice tree and we're taking care of it. It's one of South London's finest. It it's is. a really good tree. Yeah. And it has got a, a feral population of squirrels in it um, who are very fun to look at. So... That's good, that's good. So, Jack, you are a person with many and varied interests. You have brought one to tell us about today. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to talk what, to you what, about graphic what, novels. What, which ones? Yay, graphic <laughs> novels. Um, what other things were you thinking about picking, like, to talk well, about? Well, um, Shah was asking earlier, you know, what's what, what is the, what's the podcast about? What are you going to talk about? And, they, and I was like, oh, well, it's about things you love. And she was like, oh, so you're going to talk about me? It's <laughs> <was> like, um, <laughs> no. Well, now, there's two things there. She caught you out, and now I've caught her out because she hasn't listened, clearly. So, Shah, you're on notice. Sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not getting involved. <laughs> no, no. I'm staying neutral. No, all my, um, all my obnoxiousness is really coming out through, you know, dealing with this podcast because um last night I saw a friend who I'd not seen in years and as we parted ways I went oh god oh god you know basically it was bad it was a bad look <laughs> very bad look um and I see why people dislike this medium anyway 
Um, so graphic novels. Yes. Um, now, why did you pick graphic novels? Um, because it's something that I have always loved. I was thinking this morning, like, when did I first start liking graphic novels? Um, and I'm pretty sure it was from a really young age. Like, I remember reading um, a lot of, like, like newspaper strips when I was really young. So I remember reading, like, Peanuts uh, when I went on holiday to the oh. States and I found a little book of Peanuts in someone's house and was like, oh, my God, this is so good. Um, and weirdly, I remember reading... Um, do you remember the If books, like Steve Bell? Um, he used to write yeah, do the comics yeah. for The Guardian. My parents had that, and I remember picking that up when I was really young, not understanding any of the political, you know... <laughs> sure, It was yeah. all about, like, 80s Thatcher politics, and I was like, oh, I yeah. like the way Pol-tax. it looks. <laughs> yeah, Poltax, exactly. Um, yeah. And I really enjoyed that. The other place that was really instrumental in me loving uh, graphic novels or comics was in was Chiswick Public Library. Um, they had a really like small, little, very good, well curated section um, at like the bottom of the shelf in the corner of the library, like well out of the way. And I used to just sit there and read comics for ages, and used to take them out of the library. Mm. So, very young age, I've I've loved mm. comics. Oh, great! Was that like Tintin or? No, no, no. So, like, I mean, I also loved Tintin, loved Asterix and Oblix, uh, and Calvin and Hobbes was yes. probably my biggest obsession. Yes. Loved Calvin <laughs> and Hobbes. Um, but, yeah, no, no, that was more like... Chiswick was meant when I was a little bit older, and it was more like, bat, you know, like Batman comics. Um, but I remember picking up, like, the Frank Miller back, Batman and the the Killing killing Joke Um and just lots of sort of slightly darker. Uh, Batman, I think, is quite unique in that it is is a lot. It became more adult than a lot of other comics, um, and was more experimental with the way that it told stories. And that was definitely a sort of early, maybe reading some stuff or seeing some stuff that I probably shouldn't have been reading. Um, you know, when I was like ten or nine. In that written medium, how did they show that he talks like I'm Batman? <laughs> it's I think it, they do like little crackles around the speech bubble. Um, sometimes, right. sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was just darkness. <laughs> I'm just trolling, but like, amazing. That that's that's more of an answer than it's a, a creative medium. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's very creative. have that. Yeah, I, I also, I also, the like best moment of my life was going to Toronto to study um, for a half a year, and their English department had a, a module on graphic novels. It's like the only university. Actually, Manchester Ooh. also had a a graphic novel um, module that you could take, and it was so great it was like the best course i've ever done and they do it differently in, in in canada they do like two or three hour lectures and it was like two i think it was a three hour lecture on a wednesday evening like six until 9 p.m um and it was amazing and like the course was packed like it was the most popular course <laughs> really? um, you're just sat there in the front row with your two little batman flags going like yeah. yes <laughs> yeah, but I, but but Toronto is really into graphic novels, and they've got a, like an amazing graphic novel scene. Um, so it was like the perfect place to go. Well, was that before or after we watched Scott Pilgrim versus the World when it became a film? I can't remember. I'm not sure. That was during uni. 
And you famously yeah. got, um, you'd gone to go see Kick-Ass at the film, at the cinema with our friend and a person had walked up to you afterwards and said, hello, would you like to come to another oh, film yeah. screening? And you were like, is it drugs? Because you, what? <laughs> like in a slightly worried manner. Um, but yeah, they were doing one of those preview screenings for feedback. And like mm. Edgar Wright turned out to be there in the back looking deeply unhappy. Um, <laughs> and it was, it was, oh yeah, it was um, at uh, Shepherd's Bush View. Not the fancy one. Oh yeah, yeah the grimy one. Oh, the, yeah. Oh, the yeah, yeah, one. yeah, yeah. In, mm-hmm. the, in the old shopping centre. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, that was... Um, I love that. I think it must have been after that. I was so lucky. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, this is very cool. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we loved it. it yeah. I mean, but it had I... a different ending at that point. Oh. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I think the thing yeah. that I, I really loved about studying it was just a lot of the, a lot of the kind of theory behind the way that you'd like, that, that, that time passes um, across different Ooh. panels and like the, the different ways that you can play with, um, you know, imagery to, to take you sort of along a journey through a page um, was just really amazing. And I think something that I, you know, now my job is all about doing reports and presentations and I do a lot of stuff on PowerPoint, but I definitely sort of have taken some of the lessons from studying graphic novels and comics into the way that I, I do work now. Um, because it's all about creating, you know, really in- visually engaging stuff. And and if yeah. you think about PowerPoint slides like a comic book, um, then that sort of changes how you write. Oh, yeah. That's, that's kind of blown my mind. That's, that's instantly, like, go- going from, like, something really sort of tedious to, oh, this can be enjoyable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I see. Communication for different purposes using different... Um, no, that sounds amazing. And, like, I guess the size of a panel that you choose to include in your graphic novel could communicate all sorts of different things, couldn't it? And like often, like they break the panel like sides if someone's getting kicked out of a window or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm not being the, offensive. Yeah, That's good. And, You're nodding. This is good. And the bits, the bits between <laughs> um, each panel is called the gutter and the bits, uh-huh. like the way that you use the gutter can change how you experience the story and like the way that you sort of pass <gasps> through um, you know, changes the way that time is sort of conveyed within um, within the story, and, and I mean, I'm like, it can be like a split screen and yeah. stuff, like in um, yeah. Oh my god, that's so cool. Yeah, I love and, it. And and I, I think the other the other major influence was experiencing manga for the first time in Chiswick Public Li- in the Chiswick Public Library because they had a little manga section, and like seeing that you went backwards through um, manga books, like proper Japanese, you go like the other way round so seeing the way that they kind of played with um how you experience the story by changing the way that the panel worked on the page or you know having because they're going in a different direction they were much more experimental with like playing with the order that or the way that you're reading the page and yeah it just it changes how you kind of um how you interpret the story the way that they lead you so as a as a complete you know novice fool in this area I, I've and as someone who likes to know about spooky things but like not not read them or watch them um I've been on the Wikipedia page for House of Leaves a few times um have you read that no 
No, never even heard oh. of House of Leaves. So it's a spooky book and it involves um, lots of text going in different directions. And it's like um, people get trapped in a house and it's like a maze or something like that. Um, and it's it's very sinister and all this sort of thing. Um, and it sounds like what's, what's revolutionary in publishing a fiction book uh, is just like, OK, well, they nicked that from graphic novels. OK, cool. Yeah, fine. Uh, <laughs> they do that all the time, actually. Um, but yes, apparently it's spooky. Um, I'll definitely check that out. They're a really cool. Um, I don't know if you ever you heard about this. It won like tons of awards. Um, Chris Ware released a few years ago. Um, Chris Ware being the author of Jimmy Corrigan, which is a book that's on, it's one of the only graphic novels that's like on English lit syllabuses, even when it's not a graphic novel course, because it's so revolutionary. But he he made an incredible book called Building Stories. And it's a, um, it's in like a box, like a board game. And it's like five or six different comics within the box. And you can, it's all about a single house. And every comic is about sort of a different part of the house. Like there's, you know, it, it, like one story is about like one apartment block in it and, you know, the story there, another story, the other comic is about another block. And then one of the comics is about like a bee that lives in the garden. Um, like, and so it's, it's, it's amazing. But the way that you experience the story is different depending on, you know, which comic you're reading first, but they're all within this single box. Um, it's very clever. It's called Building Stories. I love that idea. Oh my gosh. A box that's full of comic books and you build stories out of it and you read them in different orders and there's a bee yeah. who is obviously the main character. Yeah, and it's called Building Stories. Yeah. Oh, mm, I'm nice. going to have to Google that. That sounds amazing. It's very cool. Aw, very cool. Very cool. We like it. Um, okay, so like which one, which graphic novels have become like firm favourites of yours Well, that will live long in the memory? Um, there's a particular comic called Epileptic uh, that I have bought four times now. Um, <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, because I, I bought a copy for my as part of my syllabus in Canada. I had to leave behind a load of books because you just can't bring a huge amount of massive graphic novels back to England. I bought it again, lent it to someone, uh, never got it back, bought it again, then forgot that I had bought that third one and then bought it again. So I now have two copies of it in my house because I love it so much. And it's a French graphic novel by David B. Um, and it's about the author's experience of living with his brother who had very severe epilepsy and his parents' quest to try and cure their brother's, you know, really terrible epileptic fits um, by going to a series of different kind of quack doctors. Um, and, you know, I mean, this is sort of turn of the century France, so it's sort of lots of... Oh, wow. Um yeah, and it's a really amazing book, and the the way that he, um, the way that he draws ep- epilepsy as like a sort of ever present monster um, within their lives is just amazing, and it's sort of this like ever present creature that's drawn in a very sort of bold, um, uh, kind of bold black lines. The whole book is black and white, um, and it's just. It's really fantastic. Uh, it's like really, really emotional, emotionally affecting um, and really interesting. So that's one. Aww. I really like a book called um, The Complete Moonshadow, although complete is spelled really weirdly. It's spelled like, 
um, C-O-M-P and then L, like E-A-T, rather than like A-T-E, or however you spell yeah. it, I'm terrible at spelling. It's the um, the Sly and the Family Stone School of Spelling. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, they've got a song called Thank You for Letting Me Be Myself, but it's Thank You for Letting Me Be Mice Elf. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, yeah, much less nice. It's, I mean, whatever they were smoking, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, yeah. It's the, com- <laughs> it's the complete at so, moon, moon shadow is how it's spelled. Oh, yeah. moon shadow. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. And it, the it, thing it. that What's I that love about? about that book is that the whole thing is painted in watercolours. So the whole, it, it's oh. like an amazing art style. I've never seen anything like it. And it took crazy amounts of, like, it took years and years and years to make because... It was painted, um, yeah. and that's a really. Um, that was there like um, was there like question over whether it would get published because it was like this is gonna be expensive. <laughs> I mean, I think it was like a passion project of of the artists, and it took like twenty years wow. or something. Um, but it's it's amazing, yeah. um, and it's just like it's quite a sort of um, it's a weird story. It's like a kind of it's about like a young boy who there who kind of gets taken to space and gets kidnapped and then there's sort of stuff with I don't know it's it's a sort of weird fantastical story but the art is just so beautiful um that it's just like experiencing and made an amazing narrative artwork um it's great I, I wonder this is like um completely useless comment from me but I'm sort of wondering if they've done like brain scans of people like reading a graphic novel and reading uh you know text fiction text or whatever because it must just light up your brain in different ways completely like yeah and and it must make you feel different I I imagine if you scanned my brain reading it it would probably be different to someone else's because because I'm dyslexic I think very visually Uh I have a photographic memory so the way that, I, like, I just, I find it so much more pleasing and um, easy to just, you know, uh, read it very, like, my mum hates graphic novels because she finds them very difficult to read. <laughs> she just can't sort oh. of, I don't know, process the imagery in that way and, and reads them very slowly. And it, is it a story for her? It's not a story. It's looking at images yeah. and she's like... Mm. Yeah, and for me, it's just okay. like thinking. Like reading a graphic novel is just like thinking. Yeah. Um, so I, I love it. Wow. Oh, I love that. That's so good. I'm so pleased you found it. Did anyone ever like... Um, I don't know, in education, like kind of say, what are you doing? Put it down kind of thing. <laughs> I'd hope no, not. No, I mean, I guess it's not really something that, um, you know, I, I don't remember like bringing graphic novels to school. I mean, definitely when you say, you know, I love graphic novels or I love comics, there's there's probably an element of, of judgment there. But um, I don't know. I, I've got nice friends. I've never felt anyone judge me for liking graphic <laughs> novels. Um, but there's definitely you've had the self-selecting yeah I, I think you know that there's definitely an element of snobbery and an element of um you know people if you say graphic novels some people will be like oh do you mean comics and like yes I do mean comics comics is the same thing but it, it it's comics is almost like a genre within and certain graphic novels are a genre yeah it's like um, it's like yes and also yeah <laughs> all of these other things you idiot yeah. i mean <laughs> comics you just you instantly think of superheroes and you know there's just so much more um than that yeah because like if you can draw it it can be 
yeah, like it doesn't, you can't, the, it's not as if the one thing any person can draw with a narrative is a man in a little cape. Yeah, you know, or a, or a lady with big boobies yeah. in a spandex outfit. I know. Although although she will just keep coming back. Oh, yeah. It doesn't matter what, what kind of genre of graphic novel she's in. She's, she's there. there. Boobing, yeah, breastily, yeah. you know. Um, <laughs> um, which brings me to another point. I know you might have more favourites, but like, um, you know, like tropes in fiction, um, in storytelling, in like TV, in film, in comics, like <laughs> that's one, um, <laughs> you know, Wonder Woman being like boobs, 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 do, 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 you know, that. Um, but then there's also one which I hadn't heard of, but like, it was when I'd heard this trope referenced about like TV and film and that kind of thing called fridging. Not familiar. And did you know about no, that no. one? Okay. But it was like, um, it happened at some point in a long running, very important comic book series. Don't shout at me listening people because you know, it's, I'm not going to remember it. I know you know what it is. You can shout. That's fine. Um, but it was like the girlfriend of a main character got murdered and put in a fridge. And then like, she had nothing else to do. She wasn't a character. She was like a reason for someone to like m do other things after that in the story. And like that actually happens a lot. <laughs> the more you look at like loads of other stuff, um, especially like serialized TV programs as well, you know, like big budget stuff, little stuff, whatever. So there'll be, there'll be quite a lot of characters that aren't fully realized. They're just plot, sort uh, of plot yes. drivers. You could say that. Yes. Mm, yeah. um, and like, a lot of the stuff that is made for mass consumption that people will really enjoy and that's really popular, like comic books, like graphic novels, you know, like it could be a superhero TV series, but it needn't be. Like you see it come up again and again. And like, yeah, I sort of wonder how many other kind of like storytelling tropes have kind of emerged in graphic novels and that kind of art because... I love yeah. that, that it might have influenced stuff, even though it's not great. I'm like, oh, it's influenced stuff that's nothing, that's quite worlds apart from that. And actually it's everywhere. Yeah. I I feel like there are definitely a huge number of tropes in the superhero comic world, for sure. Yes. There are, there are tons and tons yes. and tons. Um, not of which I could name many because I'm not massively into um, superhero comics. You know, I kind of dabbled in them. You know, I, I read a bit of Batman, uh, the occasional sort of Spider-Man, but really not since I was, not a huge amount since I was a teenager, really. But um, yeah. in the kind of independent graphic novel scene, I don't know. I can't. I can't think of any really obvious tropes. Yeah, I feel like there there would definitely be identifiable tropes in sort of art styling and the way that you tell particular scenes, like an action scene might have like a sort of, and but it would be more kind of tropes in the style of filmmaking so that you have like a wide shot to establish a scene and then might you might have like a close-up of a, you know, a fist hitting a something and then like that kind of stuff, I'm sure there are very common tropes with that, but not that I would like identify. And um, I guess because, because it's sort of, it's quite different from regularly told, you know, the written word, because it's always like a conversation between the person that's written the story and the artist. And they're often, you know, different people. It won't usually be the artist that's like writing the story. Um, 
I feel like that gives a lot more variation in the way that stories are told because art styles vary so dramatically and writing styles vary so dramatically. And then when they come together, um, it often makes something quite unique. And and if I think about the last sort of five graphic novels that I've read, they were all so different because the art style was so different and the way that, you know, they were, they were done was really radically yeah. different. And you don't really get the same kind of really well-established um, narrative and art tropes that you would get in a big comic book franchise like Spider-Man or Batman mm. that have kind of... It is a machine. <laughs> it's a machine and, and it's a factory and they have a sort of way that they like stuff to be done. Um, whereas you don't really get that in independent graphic novel publishing. Um, but maybe I don't know enough about it. Yeah, you're completely right. And I feel very like ignorance is turning to a slight bit of understanding for me at the moment. Yeah, same, yeah. <laughs> and like the stuff you're very politely explaining is like, yeah, it's now that I think about it, I'm like, yeah, well, of course, graphic novels and graphic, you know, novelizations of things, they're going to influence visual mediums probably quite substantially, even before Zack Snyder does his thing. Um yeah, any feelings on Zack Snyder and uh, his interpretation of um, comic iconography? And um, all the rest of that? I I didn't hate Watchmen. Um, it was it's been a long time since I saw it. I I enjoyed you know I enjoyed that and I enjoyed you know the original three hundred. Um, yeah, and I think in a way he really captured. Um, the look, at least, of of both of those really well. Like, they really felt very true to the comic and hyper-real in a way that really worked for translating, um, you know, graphic novels to the screen. Um, I haven't seen, like, you know, the the super extended director's cut long, you know, (laughs) thing for Superman, Batman, or Justice League. Um, I haven't seen any of his films. Why should you? It's... Um, (laughs) Plenty of people have seen yeah. it. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm Aww. quite happy with his sort of classics, maybe. Um, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, 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 he, I think he succeeded with the look, but maybe everything else wasn't quite there. Yeah. No, the look, I really, I, I enjoyed just seeing something different on the big screen. You know, I didn't go to the cinema a lot when I was a student, but I did go and see... Uh, what was it called? Watchmen. Uh, I reviewed it for the paper at the Students' Lovely. Union. Yes, no. Nerd. <laughs> and my my overall my overall stance was that well, I got a free ticket. Shut up, you. Did you read? Did you read it? I also got a free ticket for Beverly Hills Chihuahua. Nice. But did I read Watchmen? No, no. I had I just came to it fairly fresh, um, and I thought the film was. It was all of a piece. It worked quite well. It was like kind of mad and wacky. There were bits of it that I was like, oh, I don't enjoy that. But also like, huh, okay, fine. I guess play Hallelujah there if you want to. Um, but- <laughs> I've not seen it, by the way. So I'm just guessing from you what you're have. talking about. I have not seen Watchmen. I... Uh, it's got the big blue guy. I know the big blue guy, yeah. Okay, anyway. it, yeah, yeah. He's tired of humanity or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Doctor, Doctor Doc Thingy. thingy yeah. yeah. With yeah. his thingy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean... The the book the book is is a classic like it it's and and there's yeah. a lot of stuff that they really couldn't put in the film because it was there's a whole like side narrative about a pirate um, getting shipwrecked on an island that's like a comic within the comic 
and it sort of creates this really Fun. interesting analogy alongside the main narrative. And um, there's a lot of sort of, uh, uh, you know, deeper stuff about American politics and more specifically about really um, interrogating the com- comics as a medium for superheroes. And, and and like there's a lot of stuff that they just couldn't put in the film because it's so... Um, textured and and requires a lot of would have taken a lot more time but I, I would read the book if you can one day oh yeah no mm. for sure and um, I'll probably have to put it down and go Ooh, that's a lot of yeah. stuff uh, like we all do with some with some books that we read before bed which we maybe shouldn't uh, <laughs> yeah I'm reading one at the moment that's a bit like that you're just going oh, yeah oh. A, a good way to experience graphic novels I would say is like Kindles and you know like tablets are actually a great way to to kind of get into them if you're if you don't want to be carrying around like massive books and particularly stuff like From mm. Hell which is like a book this thick mm. that's a really good book to read on yeah. tablet particularly because the way that you do it on e-readers and tablets is um you can kind of make it you can read it like panel by panel and it full screens the panel rather than the page of the book and that means that you hey. you sort of travel across the page, you know, as as intended for reading. But it means that you sort of see the panel in a lot more detail, and you can really see the art of individual mm. panels. Um, and it's a really nice way to read it. I'm so surprised by that. I I've avoided I've avoided like any any time I see like an interesting thing that it pops up on Kindle or whatever it recommends me because I have I have a Kindle. Sorry, Amazon. Um, but like. Anytime I've tried to read a book which has got even not not a graphic novel, not a picture kind of book, nothing nothing like that, like an art book or anything, but anything that tries to do something different with formatting, it just it just screws up completely and you get half of what you're supposed to out of it. So I would never have expected that they've done yeah. it right. No, you it's know? really good. <laughs> I mean, novels. they, they bought really a hear. company called Comixology that had done it very well and then just stole that. Um, oh. But yes, I've and, heard of that. and generally, if it's if it's a book that doesn't play around too much with the panel format, like it, it's not really experimental with the way yes. that it's sort of you know having everything appearing in different places on the page. If it's a standard sort of you know panel 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 thing, um, then it works really well, um, and I recommend oh. trying it out. All right, which one? Which okay, as a as a newbie. If I buy one thing on my e-reader, I I'd recommend I'd recommend From Hell, um, the Jack yeah. the Ripper story um, mm. by Frank Miller and um, Alec Campbell. Um, it is really fantastic. It's not the Johnny Depp film, um, although that was obviously based on it. But it's 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 all kind of done in pencil and ink like it's all black and white and it's so atmospheric and so like dark and and the architecture of London is drawn so amazingly but in like this really cool sketchy style um it's great oh wow yeah no I would like to give it a try I will try um but yeah from hell hell the film was so terrible and we did watch it in GCSE history because we did like Jack the Ripper as a module yeah god So there's the there's a part where there's just hugely explicit sex scenes where you're like, <laughs> yeah, I don't Isn't... want to be doing my coursework here like this, Miss Campbell. <laughs> I don't want to watch it like this. 
<laughs> Isn't it? Um, oh my god! Who's who's the the female actress doing a terrible accent in in it? Is it? Um... <laughs> what Heather Graham? <laughs> yeah, Heather Graham. Oh Heather, yeah. I love Heather. Well, being, being a Cockney. Yeah, she's trying. They're all very trying. Um, and yet, Ray Winston is cast as, you know, different accents to, you know, he's, he's, he's always trying to play like a Russian or whatever. Or, what is he? Boston in, in The Departed. Yeah, he never okay. gets to, well, these days, seemingly, he never gets to play his oeuvre. oeuvre. Well, we're going to go back to Hugh's Ray Winston um, soapbox another time. But I, I appreciate that. Thanks, it just popped into my head. Sorry. Okay. No, no, no. It's fine. Um, but yeah, like I didn't, I didn't, I wanted to, you know, get something out of that film and I don't think I did really. Um, but I imagine that, do you think that like From Hell, the, com- the, the comic, <gasps> the graphic yeah. novel, the work yeah. From Hell, mm-hmm. mm. um, do you think that it takes a side in saying like, women should be viewed this way, murderers should be viewed this way. Like, is it... Because I've been trying to think about this a lot as I've been getting a little bit into um, the kind of new books and revised approaches to Jack the Ripper, especially because I'm a true crime weirdo. And um, Hallie Rubenhold has done her books on the five victims of Jack the Ripper. Actually, like, who were they? All this kind of thing. And uh, she gets a lot of... uh, sass and clapback and uh, aggression from ripperologists inverted commas who are like old dudes who are like yeah prostitutes yeah deal with it and i'm like mm, i see her point i very much see her point um we don't so- want to think too hard about this you're making us do that <laughs> that's what they're saying yeah, yeah, yeah. um so she sounds really cool and i haven't i haven't finished the book i haven't finished her podcast series but like i don't know if you have a take on that having like read from hell and you know got so much out of it as a graphic novel on that mad topic that really really grotty like painful you know (laughs) really disgusting topic of like all of that murder and pain you know i so (laughs) the thing i think is really interesting about that book is um it's it's slightly kind of adds like a kind of quite interesting fantasy edge to it so the he it like it, it's it's um i don't know what the current sort of you know state of ripperology is but it it takes the the stance that it was a doctor um and a very sort of high ranking yeah. doctor that was one of the um and he was a mason like a stonemason um and it it kind of it basically suggests that it's not just this kind of sexual fantasy thing that drives his murder you know these murders but it's also um when he kills he sort of sees flashes of the future um and it becomes this kind of really interesting like with every murder he sort of sees gets more of like a a vision um through to the last one where he appears in like an office building don't tell me don't tell me Sorry, but 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 the whole the whole kind of thing, it, like the whole the, the reason why I love the book is it's a kind of, um, it's about like London as a city, and you know particularly yeah. Victorian era London, and a lot of the book is is the Doctor sort of going around the city and talking to his driver about the city, and the city is very much a character within the book, and it's really sort of about like just like in the, Sex and the City, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And it's just, you know, the politics of the time and like what Sorry. the future of London is. And um, 
so so the, yeah it, but in terms of like the stance on the victims like the victims are very much a part of the story and it, and it doesn't just follow the killer it also follows the women and their kind of in, environment and their their lives at the time um and it really yeah. gives you an insight yeah. into you know what it was like for prostitutes um in that period and you know what their lives were like and um yeah it, it's 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 brilliant it's a great book i mean and i, I, can I don't see know how they I'd didn't be... achieve that that kind of flavor in the film i can see how they didn't convert that especially well um yeah, yeah. but i mean like hallie has questioned you know like and and disproven you know even just the assertion that most of the women were sex workers she was just like actually i don't think i don't think this person was and if she was does it matter mm. and like all of this stuff that ripperologists are really like no <laughs> just like rage farting themselves <laughs> yeah. about um but i, I, and I so, think what, yeah, what, this what i'm book... gonna try is both of them gonna yeah. try the gonna try the graphic novel gonna try some of the other stuff as well and be like okay cool you know get a full yeah. full kind of range of stuff going on I, I think the thing that the book um, illustrates is the, it, you know, it doesn't. I, I feel like it. It doesn't represent represent sex, sex workers as that. That there's a, a really kind of line between a sex worker and someone who is living in poverty in London, and yeah. I think that's that's a very that I, I suppose that that's a an angle that sort of suggests that, you know, maybe some of them weren't, wouldn't have thought of themselves as sex workers or, you know, that they uh, maybe doing sex work wasn't like a vocation or, you know, something like that. It, yeah, it's yeah. kind of, it's just about and like, like not... <laughs> people living in poverty needing to do things because yeah. of the situation they were in. Or just being viewed in a certain way as well. Like yeah. that's the other side of it. As exactly. Oh man, policing. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Not not like there are any parallels to the modern world at all. Uh, <laughs> but like, no, I can see what you mean about it. Just kind of as a graphic novel, having the space, the texture. And in some ways it's got a narrow focus because it's black and white drawings. Someone could say if they were not very informed, I suppose, like me. Um, mm. But it can have this really wide or deep focus as well, because it's talking about all these different themes in obvious ways, in less obvious ways. And it's bringing together like, well, yeah, what what is London? And is it at all savoury? Probably not. Like none of it is. It's all gross. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty much. So it's saying more stuff, saying more yeah. stuff. Yeah. Someone save me, please. <laughs> Just... <laughs> Okay, so we've recommended Nancy a graphic novel. That's excellent. Um, what other burning graphic novel issues have you got to talk about, Jack? Because we want to learn. We want to hear your views. Hmm. Just trying to think of what I've read recently. Looking on my shelves. Um, something that I find really interesting is like how graphic novels are treated in different countries. Um, so... You know how comics and, and graphic novels are t- treated in Japan and Korea is very different to the way it's treated in, you know, in the UK. Um, graphic novels are massive in France. It's you know that's a really big country for graphic novels. Um, Canada, as I said, like is a has a massive graphic novel culture and community. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's just very different attitudes to it, and you get sort of very different styles i mean no, most notably in um 
manga versus you know the rest of the world to a certain extent um and what i've really enjoyed doing recently is starting to kind of explore more um historical uh manga in in japan because you get a lot more work that's very intensely you know historical narrative um you know in japanese history told um graphically and um yeah it's it's i think japan because they have such an established culture of um graphic fiction they are much more kind of experimental and and a bit more bold and are have, it's not have, just one thing like yeah. why should it be yeah yeah um and they i don't know just explore sort of really interesting territory that you don't necessarily see in mm. in, in other countries so that's something that i've started doing is is kind of like there's one um there's a guy called um Uzumaki, who is like a horror manga um, author. And I've, I've read some of his stuff recently and that stuff is so creepy and so kind of surreal and interesting. And, um, you know, and, and, and these are people writing in the 80s or the 70s or, you know, a really long time ago and just being really kind of experimental with the medium. Um, there's another guy called... Um, Jack Rolls Yoshihiro... <laughs> Yoshihiro Tatsumi, um, who has done multiple novels doing like an autobiography, but but sections of his life um, in graphic novel form or in manga form. And um, I think often in the West, you get kind of autobiographical graphic novels of historical figures. So you might get like, I don't know, the graphic novel of a major composer or a graphic novel of something or another. And they they tend to be like very short, punchy, you know, single volume um, things that sort of rocket through it very quickly. Whereas in Japan, um, you get much more of these like episodic, long um, autobiographies that are are really in-depth and very textured and very detailed and really kind of go into a huge amount more detail and tell much more complex stories. and I, I find that really interesting. Yeah. Oh, that's, that sounds amazing. Can I just double check? So you were talking about horror manga, Uzomaki. And uh, then yes. Yoshihiro Tatsumi, biographical, historical, many volume, amazing stuff. We will double check that I have indeed written those down appropriately, because I might not have. Um, but those sound amazing. Wow. I was just going to ask as well, like, is there, um, I mean, are these always, you're saying they're, episodic are they always just in their own volumes or is is there a a culture in japan of ever sort of serializing them in like a newspaper has that ever happened there i don't know so what you get in japan um is you kind of have these big like monthly manga books which are Ah. lots and lots of authors telling episodic narratives um but you have you know lots and lots of stories within a single volume (gasps) Um, I think, now that's I think what I call the, manga. the biggest one, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you get like a, a Shonen Jump um, is is one, um, and within Shonen Jump you would get like a a One Piece story, and then you know a, 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 another manga story, and another manga story, and those come out I think like monthly or weekly, um, mm. and those have been around for you know a really really long amount of time. When I went to Japan. 
um, a couple of years ago, I went to the Shonen Jump exhibition um, where they were sort of showing some of the history of some of the the sort of the really big stories. Um, and they could run for, you know, years and years and years. And, and one sort of part of it will, you know, like one story will have like 10 years of, of, of story to go through um, because they've been appearing episodically for so long. Um, so yeah, it's just a very different culture uh, and and something where a huge amount of people buy, you know, these episodic monthlies and it's just comics, you know, there's nothing else in it. There's no newspaper. It's not part of a... Newspapers definitely have it, but yeah, it's a completely sort of separate thing. Oh, that sounds amazing. Thanks, Jack. Also, I... sorry, I've just... How long has manga been like a, a, thing. a, a thing? You know, how long has it been a, a medium in, in Japan? Do you know? If you don't, don't, I don't worry. Know, it's fine. I, just, I was just curious. Yeah, 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 yeah. Japanese art has a really long history of doing, you know, uh, art in the style that could be interpreted as a sort of forebearer of manga. Um, and if you look at sort yeah. of, and and stuff like tentacle porn is incredibly old. <laughs> <laughs> I wondered when we were going to get to that because it was going to happen. Yeah. But, but like... Just I went think... straight out there and said it. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> but, like, not all art that has an octopus in it is tentacle prawn. Um, you know, like, there are... It's adjacent, though. There are cross branches and all this <laughs> sort of thing. Have you seen The Handmaiden yet? Uh, I have, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. anyway. Uh, yeah. Less said about that. The rest <laughs> but a very good film. Good film. <laughs> Bunch of perverts in that one. Yeah. That's the whole point. Yeah, yeah I know, I know, anyway. but it's just, yeah. Um, but, yeah, okay. Well, do you know what? I feel like this is just, as we said to Adam in our previous episode, this is just your thoughts on stuff, your your thoughts on stuff. It's like a yeah. podcast. Um, but, no, it's <clears> you saying what you like about a thing and just exploring what it means to you. And it's not you saying, here is everything about graphic yeah, yeah. novels ever. Like, you don't have to be that kind of no, expert. No, no, no. You just, I just have to have the interest, you know? Yeah. yeah. Which you so clearly do. Yeah. yeah. Um, have you got any more novel favourites that you wanted to highlight? Oh, yeah. So one that I reread recently and kind of reappraised and felt like I had judged it quite harshly when I was a teenager, um, is Fun Home by Alison Bechdel. Um, so the creator of the Bechdel test, um, Alison Bechdel. Of course. So she, her most famous book is, is Fun Home. And it's basically about her um, reckoning with the suicide of her dad and sort of telling the story of her her upbringing and kind of dealing with having a very sort of depressive dad. Mm. Um, and, and like weird home life. Because where did she life. live, Jack? What kind of what kind of building did she live in? A, <laughs> a, a fun A funeral a, home. A funeral a funeral home. <laughs> um yeah, she well oh, I don't know, she did okay. she yeah, live in a go. funeral home? Oh, no, yeah, no, she did, I think yeah. the bits of it, yeah. 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 Um, and the only reason I know that is because I've, <laughs> I've listened to a podcast explaining this graphic novel, <laughs> uh, which is so messed up. Like, why Why didn't I just read it? Um, yeah. But it was an episode of um, o- Overdue podcast, which is about books and books you've been meaning to read. So they mm-hmm. did a lot of, like, that context of, like, who who Alison is and, you know, was at that point. Yeah. Um, why did you? Why did you not 
get on with it the first time you read it, do you think? I think I found it quite difficult to read um, because mm. it made me th- remind, like her as a person and character reminded me a lot of my sister. And I think... Or at, at least time, how you saw her when you were like how both I saw her, teenagers. Yeah. At, yeah, with that age. And, yeah. and my sister, you know, definitely had a bit of a challenging relationship with my dad or sort of has always had a bit of a challenging relationship with my dad and I don't know I, I just I, I found it quite a, a tough read um because of that and and I think I I felt I found the character quite self-absorbed um and and you were like I, I'm a teenager I should be the one being self-absorbed <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> um yeah, I, I just, I, I didn't really identify, I didn't like any of the characters. I didn't like the author in it and I didn't like the dad mm. and I did, just didn't really identify with, with any of and the characters. And it was very in your face because it was all visual going straight into the bit of your brain that processes things in a way that really gets through, like because you were saying about dyslexia and everything. So you were just like, yeah, don't think I need to spend time with these people. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so, yeah, sometimes so, you just don't uh, vibe with something. Yeah, but I mean, I I still appreciated it. At, like at the time, I was like, I can see that it 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 is a very good book, but I just yeah. don't like the people in it. Um, yeah. But now reading it with, um, you know, I, I just a, a different mindset. Um, I could definitely appreciate it a lot more, and I think liked liked the character the main character i liked alison um as a person more so this time round um and that was the first time that i'd sort of tried to reread a book and then appraise it differently the second time round ooh that's a big thing that's a big deal some people never reread books even if they love them yeah. and i'm like how <laughs> um but of course, she's writing that that graphic novel later in her life, looking back at her as a younger person and her dad as a younger person when he was. So, yeah, I can completely understand why you'd react to it differently at those two different points in your life. Like, absolutely. Mm. So, yeah. Oh, my God. That's a great that's a great book. Thank you. I will. I will take that recommendation and, and run with it all the way to Gosh Comics in central London. <laughs> Have you been there? I'm. I can't. Oh no, no. It's, it's or, a really good comic orbital. Book shop. I have been there, but it's Orbital Comics that have closed down. For a second, I thought Gosh had, but um, no, Gosh is still open, and Gosh is still great. <laughs> yeah, it's the one in Soho, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah deep in um, you know, uh, Squiffy sex shop territory. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah you yeah, go yeah, through yeah. that alleyway, and you're like, oh yeah, here it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. <laughs> but um, Gosh Comics is like so incredible. I met Kate Beaton there. Ooh. I got a book signed by her for Hugh's birthday once or anniversary or something and she, she looked so tired oh. i was like thank you for drawing a pony and she was like it's okay so tired <laughs> it, it's i it's a place that i love going and like picking up random comics because they do really good like you know they put stickers being like best of last year or you know and it's it's just a great place to kind of browse and find unexpected stuff last time i it's was in there like i wouldn't know where to start i wouldn't know where to start sorry last time you last were in time there. i was in there i picked up a um a book called Moms, I think it's called, which is a Korean, written by a Korean guy about his mum and his mum's group of friends. And it's sort of, they're all like, well, his mum is a cleaning lady 
and all of her friends, you know, it's kind of about like a like working working class Korean um, mothers, you know, middle aged women, and about their kind of their lives. And it's it was fantastic, like such an interesting life that I, you know, that that kind of lifestyle that you I just would never encounter someone like that, um, you know, in my normal life. And just seeing what what it's like for you know, parent-children relationships and career and, you know, that like adult sons will live with their mothers, you know, until they're like 30-something and um, and just the kind of, you know, very like gossipy, bitchy and like genuinely physical, <laughs> fighty lifestyle that his mum and her group of friends had. It's amazing. Oh, my God. I love it. That sounds that sounds incredible. And like, you know, either a sticker on the front or the style of the art or the recommendations or like the the point of the story that as you read it on the back. Like all those different things could leap out at you. And like, yeah, I just love it when a shop would curate that for me and I'd be like, Thank God I can pick this thing. Um and you got a few we got quite a few of our Christmas presents for people from there recently. Yeah. Um mm. so Hannah got from us a cookbook yes it was a sort of an illustrated cookbook and it was it so gorgeous honestly like i can't Mm. tell you and it was either korean or japanese i can't remember we'll try and we'll try and remember the title but it looked so good and also we bought lucy your sister we got the the book about the the cat that lives in the apartment uh, (laughs) who has a very vivid imagination and it's just all the daydreams of this cat called penny yes penny that's it yeah yeah that's great yeah she's like oh no a portal into you know into spaces opened and she's like oh and like yeah <laughs> there's all kinds of weird sort of perilous situations that she imagines herself to be in and whatever and you know there's i flipped to the back to make sure the cat was okay yeah. uh and uh, i think the guy when okay. we bought it the guy was like yeah the cat's fine yeah don't worry yeah good yeah. and um <laughs> commitments from us to read graphic novels um well hugh's got one in front of him now can you see mm-hmm. yeah persepolis lovely yeah P- persepolis who is it by hugh I'm going to get this name wrong, aren't I? Marjane Satrapi? Okay. I'm going to... That, sorry if I've mispronounced that. We'll learn. Yeah. We'll learn. But you... she's um, Iranian. Have you read it, Jack? Mm-hmm. I have only seen the film. I have not read the book, oh. but I've seen the film. But I've, I've heard the film is very close to the to, yeah. the, to the book, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And I, there's I a link very... to... Um, there's a link to the MySpace page of the film on the back of the book, so that's just I don't yeah it takes takes me back. <laughs> well, I didn't yeah. I didn't buy this edition at Gosh Comics. I bought it from the wonderful independent bookcase uh, shop in Chiswick, which has old books in it, but they're all very good. So yeah. we we say thank you to them. We big shout bookcase. out. Bookcase, yeah, nice. Chiswick, very nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't got it on me, but um, Diary of a Teenage Girl as well by Phoebe Glockner. Um, which there was a film of there was a film of it and it's like it has long bits of text as well like it's not an entirely panel um you know novel in that way to look at it's text image like all interesting layout all sorts of things and it's just quite intense so i kind of like any book i find too intense i sort of have to have a little break but i need Mm. to get back into it like yeah. yeah it sounds similar to the style um, of Tamara Drew. Tamara Drew is a lot like that. Tamara Drew is like oh. a sort of mixture yes. of text and, yeah. That, now, I have seen the film Tamara Drew, which was absolute, absolutely crackers, absolutely insane. Like, what the hell? What were they thinking, like, about all of it? <laughs> you saw a bit of it here, right? 
Did I? Yeah, I was. <gasps> oh, it's it? that one. Yeah. The, yeah, the the one where it's like, oh, it's all light and fluffy, and it's like a sort of like all the all the sort of um, countryside boffing, and all the classic sort of British actors are in it, uh, yeah. and it's very sort of BBC, and then all of a sudden there's like someone dies tragically, and you're like, where did that come from? Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. But yeah. I mean, Posey Simmons, who who did the who did the comics and did the you know eventual publication of them out of the paper, but in like you know books and all that. I mean, I don't know if it's what she wanted. <laughs> Oh, well, the film. She didn't like the film. Yeah. I don't oh, know, because I'm like, I don't think she would want that. But maybe she... Oh, oh. I don't know. Anyway, I don't know. it was bizarre yeah. in the extreme. Yeah. I mean, it's a great... It's a good book. It's worth checking out. I will look into it for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, the um, uh, the film of scooping back a bit to um, Diary of a Teenage Girl I'd seen the film first because I'd heard it talked about a lot in like film reviewing have you seen it? yeah I've seen it I, I haven't read the book but I've seen <gasps> the film yeah yeah and I'm sort of like I think I need I, it's it's a lot um, I think I needed the film first because it was I knew it was going to be a, a, a difficult lump of subject matter which is young teenage girl um, having an affair with her her mum's boyfriend, who's an adult man who very much should know better. But it's also like just deeply in her mindset of like, what do I want? What do I want to do? Who am I? Ah, body, uh, you know, and it doesn't take any of her. It doesn't take any of her away from that situation. She's it's fully from her point of view. And you're like, oh, my God. But it. it you empathy is created in quite an extreme way yeah that's for sure mm. um mm. and sadly um eric from true blood plays the uh <laughs> our friend alexander skarsgård <laughs> yes uh, plays the uh, creepy adult man who should know better um <laughs> and he was shown to be deeply pathetic in lots of ways that character as well um so yeah i i just need to get myself back into that book and i'll be I'll be away and I'll be able to give final assessment of it all. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to borrow that book after you're finished with it, Pants. Um, I, yeah. I, I'd be interested to read the book. Um, I did enjoy the film, um, but it do. was a tough watch. It was, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm. But um, mm. I find maybe a film is not the most intense way to experience it. I think probably <laughs> like the uh, images and the text and the complete world of being in someone's head. Yeah, books mm. do that, whether they're graphic or not. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, do we think I've summed it up smugly, chaps? Yeah. 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 Jack's like, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think that yeah. wraps up nicely. That wraps it up. Um, I'm going to go and buy some Mexican food. Yay! Okay, nice. number one, though. Um, I've got like a, an amazing Mexican cookbook that I'm really excited about and I need to go and show Which one is it? I, um, I looked at... We're making lots of different things. I looked at one that looked really nice in a bookshop um, uh, before Christmas and... Nearly bought it. it. It's it's called like Mexico the Cookbook. Oh, right. Yeah. Definitive. Um, and it's a tome. <laughs> yeah. It's it's like that thick. It's massive. The size and it of a covers brick. like Mexican cooking across... The whole country and it gives the region that the recipes from yeah. and yeah so because cool. not to delay you too much longer for that because that is very important but um that is your recommendation for the week which we give at the end of this podcast as usual you've given one um but can you tell us about the thing we recommended you recently which was um a tv show that's quite odd could you describe it uh zen and the art of motoring uh, which <laughs> is a 
thoroughly bizarre TV show. Um, yeah. Originally a YouTube series, um, I think. Yeah, I think so. And it's a combination of dash cam footage and voiceover um, and sort of scripted encounters that are captured via dash cam. And it's this guy who sort of presents himself as a formal battle rapper uh, <laughs> yeah. in a very soft-spoken voice um, talking about the encounters on the road and just sort of giving this very, like, soft zen commentary of talking yeah. about, like, scooter boys or, you know, the, the the garbage truck that he comes across. And it's just, it's really, it's very meditative. And if you just sort of let yourself be um, washed away by his nice voice and just sort of uh, laugh at the, the ridiculous driving that he comes across and sort of does little raps about, which is all real, um, yeah, real yeah. London driving, yeah. <laughs> it's great. Um, it would be quite the insight for someone who's never uh, travelled anywhere in London because, yeah, we've got the we've got the craziest. Um, but, yes, uh, episode two with the uh, the pigeon kind mm. of um, storyline was great. I loved yes. it. <laughs> yeah. It's basically... <laughs> I'm so glad you like it. <laughs> it. It's it's a... It's like the ultimate hazard perception test. Uh, <laughs> yeah. With... <laughs> commentary with really funny commentary yeah right is. so it's useful yeah. to you as a as a person Learn who's a participating in driving lessons yeah, yes, yes. Yeah. yes all the things not to do but he does a neat little park and i i hear that you're quite good at that too so i am i am yeah. expert expert well then, well then. thank you so much jack uh incredible like and um You've you've kept it very professional in spite of my attempts to steer it into <laughs> wildly unprofessional territory in broadcasting. Um, but, you know, come back on. Either carry on talking about this sort of stuff or we'll move it to a different topic. You'd be very welcome back. Thank you very much. You're Thanks in the club now. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Bye, Jack. So that was a roller coaster. Um, we have got a little bit more for you today. Um, following on from that chat with Jack, we went on a bit of a tangent um, about web comics, which was really inevitable, frankly, because we all love web comics in this. All the people involved in this conversation, and. Um, what we want to do is play that for you as the last bit of the episode where we have uh, recommendations to give. Um, Jack has some, we both have some separately. It's just a lovely chat about webcomics, um, which is very accessible if you don't really know what they are. Or if you do know what they are, you can be like, oh yeah, I do like that one. I like that one. And why haven't you mentioned this one, you idiots? Uh, feel free, go, go for it. Um, so yeah, to round us off, uh, at the end of this lovely episode thank you for listening um, here is our final little bit about webcomics can I mention someone who as far as I know has not published graphic novels but we both love because um, she's more of a cartoon strip person Kate Beaton oh yeah yeah love Kate Beaton who could totally write could totally write graphic novels if she wanted to I think yeah but, um, yeah. Oh, Harker Vagrant, you introduced me to her comic strip. She, I think, is from Canada. I think she might be from Toronto. She's yes. Canadian, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Harker Vagrant. And she's got, like, um, she had this comic series, was like, it was published online and it was just 
amazing kind of <laughs> making jokes out of historical figures. Yeah, all this sexy Batman. That's a that's a that's a fun favorite in this Classic. household. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, and um, he's covered in Vaseline. <laughs> I think web comics is something. That's not a novel. Web comics is something that definitely kept me engaged um, in 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 comics as well when I was a teenager. Uh, and now yeah, I think yeah. I keep up oh, with I love it. comic artists a lot more through Instagram. Like there are so many artists that I follow on Instagram, and you know, oh, yeah, absolutely, um, and, and sort yeah. of consume web comics through my my doom scrolling uh, on Instagram. Um, yes, for sure. <laughs> Which is more healthy? Yes. Yeah. Are you? Uh, do you follow um, false knees? Uh, I don't know them off the top of my head. You're just birds, bird comics. Oh, yeah. It's um. It delightfully drawn sort of birds and other it is mostly birds. Um just uh yeah, it's great. Absolutely great. And occasionally he'll have like um I can't remember the name of the artist, but he'll have like a long running one which is, you know, serialised day to day. So he, he I think a couple of months ago he had one about these two crows walking around a city and like various things happening to them day to day and uh yeah. <laughs> it was really, really good. I, I I've just looked it up, yeah. Yeah, no, I I, I love it. I'm just trying to find my favourite new person that I really want to like get some artwork from because I love her stuff so much. Oh yeah, okay. The, the, she's called um, Sack of Potatoes. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> and she she draws like these old ladies almost in the style of like Quentin Blake, and <laughs> like the, she but but these old ladies doing like. So, so what, like, the one that I sent Charles was this one of this lady like giving a present to her friend and she sort of unwraps it and it's big little knitted cardigan and the cardigan says slut for soup. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and it's the way she draws them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh it's, my God, I love it. I love her oh. so much. My, um, my other honourable mention uh, webcomic, well, kind of webcomic wise but also I know that she does write graphic novels as well is Lucy Neasley um, who again well she's I think she's living in America uh, somewhere very cold much like Kate Beaton but she always has cats and uh, her son as well and they are drawn so hilariously Mm. Um, she had one called she had a cat called Linny um, who was just extremely grand and regal and you know snooty and how you can communicate that in a tiny doodle that just you know cuts straight to your heart is so (laughs) impressive i just love it and now she's got a cat called rhino who is a complete himbo and it's um yeah amazing fat neck cat yeah Yeah, yeah. he's got no he's got no (laughs) neck really really nancy do you follow uh gemma coral here and there, I feel like I sort of don't need to follow Gemma Coral because, like, she's always on a mug somewhere, and that's yeah. just that's just testament to her amazing success, and I really love it. Um, but like, I haven't got her on on social media. I don't think I have got. Okay. Oh, oh, Ruby, etc. Oh no, I don't know her. She's so good. Um, who's looking round for our Ruby uh, cushion? But basically, yeah, she does. Um. She does lots of comics about eczema. Um. And, and, yeah, like, again, in that similar sort of, like, Quentin Blake, um, quite minimal, quite stylized, big big movement kind of things going on. And, yeah, oh, very so expressive. Good. So yeah. good. Oh, I just, I love, 
I love. Anyway, um, so yeah, we will. I'm sure we will post a select range of pictures of, of Rhino and more. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I'm going to DM you this one where she's drawn on a photo of Rhino who's like peeping over something and she's drawn him to look like Totoro <laughs> nice. by superimposing a big old grin on him. Um, so yeah, that's coming your way, Jack. Don't you worry. Nice, it's nice. all good. It's all good. <laughs> uh, so can I just write down... Potatoes? Pats? Yes, I, I've, I've DM'd you on Insta- Instagram the the slut for soup comic, Ooh. so you'll find it. <laughs> <laughs> Which we will look at now. <laughs> you know me so well, she says, staring at her slut for soup. <laughs> I'm gonna follow that artist right now. Oh, and they're from—is that the Norwegian flag? I'm so useless at this. Uh, that's Sweden. Okay, all right, then fine. Yeah, blue. Blue, blue background, yellow cross, Sweden. <sighs> so nice to know flags, isn't it? So nice. Oh yeah, and the, one of the most famous Gemma Coral comics you've you've sent me as well. Um, where you will find me at parties, stroking the ear of a cat with a glass of wine in your hand, going, "You're so pretty," <laughs> like a drunken Snow White. Yes. It's yeah, you. it me. Yeah. Um, my sister has got um, a Gemma Coral mug where it's it's the <laughs> figure of a human lady just face plant on the floor going nope (laughs) (laughs) not doing a thing nope (laughs) which I think is uh, yeah yeah, makes makes sense 